This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Well, 2020 has been a year we'll never forget, and we're only halfway through it. We are so grateful to the wonderful guests who've been on the show to date, both in Season 1 and in Season 2, and I'm delighted to bring back one of them today, the founder and president of Hub Inc., the incredible Mary Morissuti. And that particular show, and I think Mary will remember this, was a very special one that we all really carry close to our hearts. It was just something magical that day. More about Mary Morissuti in a moment, but I'm also delighted to welcome to the program spiritual life coach, author, channeler, energy intuitive, teacher, nature and travel photographer, and I'm so happy to have joining us very, very soon on the program, Jeffrey Eisen, who is the co-author along with his son, Michael, and they wrote the book Empowered Youth. Jeffrey also hosts a class on Zoom every Tuesday morning, along with Hub Inc. President Mary Morissuti, which I hear is incredible and really elevates the human spirit. I really hope to join you both in a class very soon, maybe this Tuesday. Also coming up later in the program, some comedy with one of Canada's top stand-up comedians, Simon Rakoff. But first, let me tell you a little more about Mary Morissuti. Mary Morissuti is a startup junkie and a true entrepreneur at heart. At the outset of her career, she worked as one of the first female DOPs, director of photography, in the Canadian broadcasting industry. Mary's expert eye for good stories and great storytelling led to a national and international media career as a director and producer, creating television shows in Asia, Europe, and all across North America. After getting married and having children, Mary left the TV industry to reinvent her career. Her entrepreneurial spirit drove her to create Storybox PR, a boutique PR and marketing agency. This really became a springboard for her to build upon all she'd learned and shift the paradigm even further. She envisioned an entrepreneurial organization more in sync with the needs of the entrepreneurs and business leaders that she had worked so closely with and had come to understand. And of course, the result was Hub Inc., which stands for Heighten Your Business. And in only under five years, Hub Inc. has grown rapidly and now features chapters all across Canada, making it a national business organization for entrepreneurs. Welcome again, Mary, once again to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you, Judy. It's always a pleasure to come on your show. I I loved our first time. It's a little different this time, but all good. We're in a new incarnation, but it's all wonderful. And Mary, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so delighted also to be joined by spiritual coach Jeffrey Eisen, who you have worked a great deal with. When I was reading over the research, Jeffrey, and along with our amazing team working on the script before this show, I realized that I think I have met you before and I've seen you before when you and your son were doing a speech at the I Can Do It conference for Hay House. And I remember being blown away by your heart and soul and your wonderful story. As you have put it, 
If you met me when I was 35 years old, you would have never guessed that I'd grow up to be a life coach. In fact, what I really needed back then was my own life coach. I had spent my adult life as the president and CEO of our family steel business, driven by the need to be successful, to live up to my parents' expectations, and to provide financially for my family. Stress was a big part of my life. You go on to say, by all accounts and purposes, I had a wonderful life. I had a wife and three children, a beautiful house, a few yearly vacations and so many other things, but I was living up to everyone's expectations of me. I had not yet met my authentic self. I didn't even realize that happiness was an option, but Jeffrey, you changed all of that in a miraculous way, and we can't wait to hear your story, not only your transformation, but the transformation that you make possible every day for so many people. Jeffrey Eisen, it's so wonderful to have you here on Finding Your Bliss. Welcome. Thank you so much, Judy, for having me. And thank uh, thank you, Mary, for uh, inviting me on the show as well. Um, I am really excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you both. Um, I want to start with you, Mary. The last time I saw you, as we were just talking about, life was a lot less complicated, or maybe it was more complicated. At any rate, we had a fabulous time together at the Zoomer Studios and Finding Your Bliss. Can you tell us how COVID-19 has affected you, and specifically how Jeffrey Eisen and his spiritual life coaching has changed your perspective and helped you make some positive changes? Uh, yes, it was a bit different the last time we were together. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think a, a few things that, that have changed for me is it's become more um, ease and flow, and it's become more uh, of a calming way of doing business. Our business have been, went fully online. We were partly online, so it was an easy transition for us. We used a lot of the uh, tools that people are using now for meetings. We did that because we had chapters all through Canada. But I would say the key was how we were going to support our members through this uncertain time, how some of them were um, losing their their jobs, they were losing their product and services, uh, and what to do next. And that's where I connected with Jeffrey, because I have done my own work with Jeffrey, which was amazing. So I connected with him to see if we could do something and help our community and, and really have their back. Because that's what we say. That's what Hub Inc. is about. We come together. We're a strong community. And it is about having each other's back. And right now, we needed to be together more than ever hmm. and support each other. That's so wonderful. Jeffrey, as a spiritual coach, can you tell us how COVID-19 has affected your life, what your take is on all of it? And what are some of your coping mechanisms that have helped you and in turn that you're using to help others get through this time? I know I've just asked you three questions, but mostly your take on all of this, how, how it's affected you and how you're helping others. Yeah, you're not accounting for the fact that I'm an old guy and you really shouldn't ask an old guy three questions because <laughs> so as long as you prompt me for those answers and we ask the questions, I'll be okay. Um, I, I Sometimes I feel a little guilty to say that I am thriving through COVID-19. I don't really want to make other people feel bad, but I truly believe, and, and, and my wife always asks me the question, how come, how come this isn't affecting you in, it, like it is some other people in a negative way? And I truly believe it's because I've been doing the work. I went on my journey of self-discovery when I was 50. Uh, later this month, I'm going to be 68. I have been working on myself um, uh, for a number of years, and I really believe that I've been doing the homework so that I can see COVID-19 more as an opportunity uh, than as a threat. Certainly one of the big things that keep coming up 
for a lot of people in COVID-19 uh, is fear. And I've been doing a lot of work with myself and with clients uh, trying to uh, uh, mitigate fear in our life. So I'm doing really well. I'm extremely busy. I have shifted some of my face-to-face uh, -face, uh, coaching where people came to, to my home sanctuary uh, to Zoom, and that's been great. I've been doing a lot of international coaching as well. Although I used to do it uh, by audio only, I've switched that to Zoom, and that's added uh, another component. So I am choosing to see COVID-19 as an opportunity. I've been very fortunate being I don't like to say I'm retired. I like to say I'm refired uh, because I reinvented myself. In this career, um, I'm busier than ever because I'm trying to help support people as much as possible. The entity that I channel, Sheltazar, has led me to believe that this is a great opportunity for change. So I'm trying to take advantage of this energy and this opportunity for change by not only changing myself, not only changing the people I work with, but trying to change humanity. That's so wonderful. I, I was reading your story and your transformation, and I just was relating to so much of it. The fact that you meditate, the fact that it wasn't always blissful, that you've really had to work hard and that you've read everything you can get your hands on, every self-help book, uh, every everything that there is to, to read, and you've been so open to it. What would you say sort of prompted this major transformation in your life? What, what really inspired you to go the full distance? What, what it started, it was, you know, at the age of 50, I had accomplished so much. I uh, quit university after second year and went into the family business. I was 21 because I was impatient and wanted to prove to the world I, I could succeed. Actually, it was really my father. I wanted to prove I could succeed. I, I didn't realize it until I went on my journey of self-discovery that I was really looking for his recognition and his love and his approval. And so for over 30 years, I worked in the family business, uh, building it up and slugging it out. And I was fortunate. I married a, a wonderful woman and we had three children. But as I reached 50 and I had attained a certain financial uh, success, I just realized there had to be more in life. I was coming up against some health issues that that were a result of my uh, very stressful uh, behavior and my type A personality. I had Crohn's disease um, and I was about to have an operation when our uh, middle son, uh, he had uh, ulcerative colitis and had his colon taken out. Oh boy. And I think those health issues just kind of pushed me to the point where I realized I had to do something else in life. And I began my journey. I uh, picked up a couple of books. The books were written by uh, Robin Sharma, uh, The Monk Who Sold mm, His Ferrari. Mm, Next thing you know, I'm attending a workshop. Next thing you know, <laughs> Robin Sharma is my first coach. And <laughs> wow. um, the rest is history. I just, I got addicted. I never realized that life could be so amazing when you look at things other than business and getting ahead and, and looking at the human uh, condition, looking at, at life, not only human life, but my journey took me on this side road to spirituality. And that was like, that was really amazing. What I do now is, is not really work. It's my passion. And, and my purpose in life is to awaken, empower, and inspire others 
by sharing my love and wisdom. And I am one of the luckiest people on the planet because I get to live that purpose all of the time. You're exactly what we love on this show because our whole show is about finding your bliss and following your bliss. And it sounds to me like that's exactly what you what you do. You've been ignited by your purpose, your calling, your your passion, and you're living it. You're not just dreaming about it, but you're actually living it, which is so incredible. Well, I love that line by Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss. And I remember reading that book and that and that line resonated with me. So finding that bliss, living my bliss. And helping other people do it is extremely, extremely important to me. I don't think I would enjoy my journey nearly as much if it was all just about my bliss. It's about helping other people find their bliss as well. Of course. I always think of Mother Teresa. never leave anyone without being happier and better than they were before they were with you. And and I always say to people, when when your bliss is connected to being in service to other people, you can't help but be happy, make other people happy and be in your bliss. Because when you're in service, we're, we're always in our happiest place. And I think sometimes people forget that and they think it's about them. I agree. One of the things that I, I would just caution people is that Uh, There is a hierarchy. You need to take care of yourself. You need to find your own bliss. You need to find your own uh, peace of mind, your own harmony, uh, your own balance before you can help others. Because if you jump in and start helping others, uh, the energy that you bring is a little bit different. So uh, not only have I worked on myself, I continue to work on myself all of the time. There's no way that I will let anyone know that I am a finished product, that, that I am at perfection. I, I am working along with, the, with my clients. I'm working along with everybody that I'm connecting with, and I'm learning right. day by day. You're a work in progress. You talked about being starting a spiritual journey. Can you also describe what you do as a channeler for those of, the, of our listeners that may not know what that means and, and energy intuitive? Channeling is really just tapping into the invisible world. I teach a lot of people how to tap into their intuition. And the energy intuitive part is just being able to become more intuitive with regard to the energy. I can read the energy of people. And so it's not necessarily what they say, but how I'm tapping into their energy. I I always say, Jeffrey, that I think it's more important to chase peace of mind than happiness. And happiness will often follow when you're more peaceful. And one of the ways for this to happen is through meditation. And I know you're a meditator. Would you say that meditation brought you closer to feeling more peaceful within yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting you say that because uh, just today I channeled uh, another piece from Sheltazar where they were talking about uh, the busy mind versus the space. And meditation is an opportunity to create that open space. And and I think even especially through what we've been going through in COVID-19, it's so easy to get caught up in the busy, overcrowded mind. And meditation is a tremendous practice to quiet that mind, to slow things down. Uh, My advice to people is don't approach meditation from the same consciousness that caused the problem, which is an overcrowded mind. Approach it from finding a way where you can create space. And so it's not about following rules. It's not about doing the meditation a particular way. I've experimented with many different kinds of meditation. And so it's finding something that's comfortable for you. It's about tapping in 
to the purpose, which is to keep the mind uh, more more quiet and more at peace. Beautiful. So beautiful. I want to get back to Mary. <laughs> Sorry, Mary, I no, got very I, caught I'm up with Jeffrey. <laughs> but I want to ask you both how you met and how did it evolve for you to begin working together? It was um, a, a time in my life. I was really, I would say, type A uh, personality, uh, trying to uh, run up that mountain as fast as possible uh, and, and check off my uh, checklist of what I've accomplished. And it was a girlfriend of mine who noticed I was almost out of balance. And, and I knew it as well, but didn't know what I needed to do. And she suggested that I speak to someone who helped her out. And it was hmm. Jeffrey. And wow. I thought, no, there's no way. And, and where I was <laughs> at that time in my life, I just never thought I would really speak to someone who was a life or spiritual coach. But something pulled me, and it's so interesting, Judy, something pulled me to call him. And, and then um, we met face-to-face at his office, which is actually beautiful uh, with mm. all his crystals. Um, and I say office, but it, it's almost like a beautiful paradise where you feel this calm feeling when you're in there. And I was very closed up. And I think, you know, when Jeffrey talks about reading people's energy, well, boy, he read my energy quite fast. <laughs> but again, there was something that kept moving me forward to stay there. I knew this time was for me to learn something, to maybe do business in a different way, spend time with my family, which I've enjoyed so much. So it's brought a different part in my life and it's made me tap into who truly I am and what I want to do the next half of my life. Mm, I love that. And you both have taken this to the next level and you're doing these wonderful Zoom talks every Tuesday at 10 a.m. And I'm going to talk to you about someone who mentioned something lovely about that in a moment. But can you just describe, Mary, your experience of Jeffrey's Zoom talks and, and, and yours as well that you are bringing to people every Tuesday? Yeah, I, you know, I, I moderate them. I'll ask Jeffrey a few questions, but it's really Jeffrey giving a lot of his insight. Um, we, it's a very interactive uh, um, hour, I would say, and it allows the people, and we've opened it up not only for Hub Inc. members, but, but for anyone out there who needs support, uh, maybe a bit of grounding or, or is feeling anxious um, during this time, just to, to know that there's a community that, that can support them. And I find Jeffrey has, this incredible ease and flow uh, to support people to really tap into um, how he can help them, uh, what they need. And we have a beautiful hour and the vibe, the energy on that call is incredible. And I've had people say, I would not miss it. Wow. And, and, and we've done that now for, I think, Jeffrey, I think seven, I call it our seventh session. And we're now we're now pivoting because we're noticing people are asking questions as well. How do I get back into the workforce or how do I start moving my, my, my business in, in the right direction, but also um, in a way that I'm not burning out like I was before and that I'm bringing more joy. So the calls have shifted a bit for what we call the next phase of COVID. I think one of the greatest ways to find joy is through meditation. Jeffrey, do you have any suggestions for how people can learn how to meditate? Well, a couple things. First of all, there's a lot of great apps. There's a lot of great apps out there. I happen to have uploaded uh, a lot of my content, the uh, the messages of Shaltazar, onto an app called Insight Timer, uh, and I love it. it. It's really great, and it's been a great platform for me because there's a free version. 
they have now uh, widened their their offering uh, where there are talks and there are podcasts. And so not only meditation, there's a great variety. I think, first of all, you have to understand, I'm going to reiterate what I said before, you have to be prepared to quiet your mind. And you have to be prepared to let go of your mind. And then the next thing is just find what works for you. When I started my practice, I used to uh, listen to Brian Weiss. He had these amazing guided meditations. Uh, and I listened to one for 20 minutes in the morning and one for 20 minutes in the evening. There are less spiritual meditations. There's mindfulness. Like there is a gazillion ways I believe meditation is going to be the next yoga. You're going to see a wave of meditation studios. It's becoming um, very clear, even from a medical perspective, that meditation, that calming of the, the nervous system, the calming of the mind is crucial to our well-being. The, the key, though, is to do it with a more open mindset. Do it from more of a feeling place. Don't do it from a, a have to need to be diligent by finding something that works for you there is so much out there uh, certainly on the on the insight timer app and i know there's calm and there's headspace serenity also from australia oh, we do a meditation jeffrey um on the show we have for the last 27 episodes and i just do a little meditation for anywhere from one minute and 30 seconds to two minutes just to sort of um get people into that idea that they can literally just do two minutes a day to start just begin somewhere my by the way my favorite go-to one is john cabot zinn's mindfulness uh, meditation cd i'm dating myself and it's it's bright yellow and it's just beautiful full of meditations and body scans and it's a it's a beautiful one as well well i don't think you're dating yourself judy because during <laughs> the COVID 19 he's out every day doing a free one you can find him on the internet He's a beautiful person. I had the opportunity uh, to hear him speak uh, when he was here at Hot Docs. And so he's still out there promoting that calmness and that, uh, and that peace of mind. So um, there is so many resources. Could you imagine if you, if you had to go through this pandemic in 1918 with the Spanish flu, when we didn't sure. have the internet, when we didn't have the, the communications we do, Yes, it is a tragedy that we have to go through it, but let's be thankful that we have the technology support to make it a little bit easier. And, and Judy, you mentioned about, when you mentioned, I just wanted to jump in about meditation, you know, because a lot of uh, parents, myself included, have the kids at home and they're homeschooling, they start their homeschooling day uh, mm -hmm. with a gratitude journal. They have to write down what they're grateful mm -hmm. every day. And then they do a five-minute meditation. That's so great. Wow. I love that. This came out of COVID-19. Uh, you know, I meditate and I've always wanted them to meditate. And now my son, especially my son, will just say, okay, well, I'm starting my day. Mom, I'm going up to my room. I'm going to meditate. It is this language that he's using now. That's that's a COVID blessing. Like there's there's there are blessings that can happen during this time. Mary, what does living your vision look like? For me, living my vision is is a feeling, and, and this is something I, I learned from Jeffrey. It, it's not a destination. It's what I want to feel. And for me, it is about uh, feeling joy. It's about feeling laughter, being happy, truly happy, and, and 
living life with ease and flow. And if I can do that in, in my career, in my businesses that I have, um, and with my family, then I feel that I have succeeded. Jeffrey, I'm, I'm going to talk about your book for a minute, Empowered Youth, that you wrote with your son. And I love that Louise Hay did the foreword to your book. What was your reaction to that? Because she loved the book. My son, he was able to befriend uh, Louise Hay. And uh, huh. I'm pleased to say that we had Louise Hay to our condo for dinner, and she's a beautiful woman. And the, the <laughs> wow. world misses, yeah, the world misses that love that, that she brought. Um, writing that book with my son, was very interesting because it was very much part of the healing journey that I had to do with my son. He and I did not get along. Uh, you have to understand that what you're listening to is uh, Jeffrey Eisen version two. Uh, there was a version one that was not nearly as pleasant. My wife always says she's really glad that she hung in there so that um, and, and didn't get rid of me because then some other woman would have got the best version and she would have had to go through all of the crap uh, for version one. Yeah, so writing that book was, was really uh, very cathartic for both of us because um, uh, we were able to uh, begin our relationship anew. Mary and Jeffrey, I'd love to attend one of these Tuesday with Jeffrey Eisen and Mary Morissuti Zoom sessions. How can people go about doing this and join the Tuesday 10 a.m. Zoom session? Yeah, you just have to go to hubinc.ca and click on our events calendar. You'll see it there and you just re register. They're free. Just put in your email and you'll get a link to it. And then uh, join us at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern St Standard Time. That's so great. What is bliss right now for Mary Morissuti? Family. Family for me is mm -hmm. bliss and, and mm -hmm. slowing down. I, I, I realized how important that is. And I found such amazing things come out of it that I, I don't think I would have uh, realized. Mm -hmm. So great. What is sheer bliss for Jeffrey Eisen? Sheer bliss for me is living every day to the fullest. And some of those days are a little rocky and some of those days are uh, really amazing. Bliss for me is being able to uh, deal with those two energies just the same, to be able to love myself fully, no matter whether I'm going through great times or whether I'm going through difficult times, to get to that point, to get to that zone where I love myself as much as I possibly can every day and live my life out that way up until the end. That's so fantastic. Jeffrey, how can people contact you? The easiest way to get in touch with me is through my website, jeffreyeisen.com. Uh, there's all kinds of resources. The messages of Shaltazar are there. There's blogs. Uh, the podcast that I do is there. And something that I offer is a complimentary free discovery session. Um, I want to work with people that are a fit for me. And so this isn't as much of a business. Uh, on the website, you can register. My calendar is there. You get a one hour free, no obligation discovery call. I love it. I learn so much from people. And so <laughs> it's not really a marketing ploy to get people to work with me. It's an opportunity for me to learn about other people. And if there's a fit, uh, then we go from there. But I highly encourage people to to book that call. It's there's no obligation, and I will uh, you know do my thing and tap into your energy and see if in any way possible I can uh, help you on your journey through life because it's really challenging these days, 
And one thing I would suggest, whether you contact me or not, get support. We need support. We need to support each other through these difficult and challenging times so that we can see the opportunity uh, in this. Well, I, I think your clients are very, very lucky indeed. It's Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-E-I-S-E-N.com. And Mary Morissuti, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you can reach me at mary at hubinc.ca. So anyone who is struggling in their business or is uh, wanting ways that they can pivot their business through these uncertain times, please connect with me and I would love to support them as well. That's wonderful. I want to thank you both for being here today. Mary, I also know you're coming back with the winner of Hub Inc. contest just before the Power Summit. Any news about that? I know that date obviously has to change because of what we're going through now, or are you going to keep us posted? Uh, well, right now we do have the new date. Um, uh, so far, we're ready to go for October 6th. Fantastic. And we are going to turn it probably into a two-day, one in person and one uh, day, uh, the day before is going to be online. So we will have an online party so everyone can get to know each other before they attend. Oh, that's so fantastic. Well, it's just been wonderful to have you both here. Jeffrey Eisen, Mary Morissuti, thank you so much for being on the program. It's really been delightful. We're going to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we have veteran Canadian comic Simon Rakoff joining us for his take on COVID-19, how it's affected his life, and of course, a little comedy. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, and we're here with one of Canada's top comedians, Simon Rakoff. Simon Rakoff is a return guest to Finding Your Bliss, and we are so happy to have him back. He's been performing stand-up since 1978 and really is considered one of the quickest minds on the scene, one of the workingest comics in Canada on the circuit, and really one of comedy's top acts all across the country. Uh, as well, he is known for being a comics comic, and his routine is full of very thought-provoking and hilarious jokes covering religion, relationships, and man and woman, we hope, in the modern world. All of this is combined with really what's known as the best improv and ad-libbing techniques in the business. He's appeared in all the major festivals across Canada, such as Just for Laughs, and in many variety shows, including his own special on CBC. He's a regular on CBC Radio on shows like The Debaters, As It Happens, LOL, and Definitely Not the Opera. And he was even featured in the award 
award-winning documentary, When Jews Were Funny, a very great film, a wonderful uh, documentary, award-winning, in fact, and you can actually access that and maybe he'll tell us, perhaps he'll tell us how we can do that. Uh, It's called When Jews Were Funny. He's even sold numerous jokes to Jay Leno for his Tonight Show monologues. And we had him on the show in season one, and Simon is back again in this very new world that we're living in uh, uh, right now. Hello, Simon, and welcome back to Finding Your Bliss for season two. Thank you. Nice to be here. Boy, that was quite a quite a litany <laughs> of uh, praise you gave me there. Why don't you just marry him? Uh, <laughs> We've done that already. <laughs> oh, right, I anyway. that was that was many many years ago. <laughs> nice to have. Nice to be back. Nice to uh, hear you. Obviously, we're not seeing each other. We're uh, we're doing this from our our isolation spots. Yes, absolutely. So, Simon, how has COVID nineteen this pandemic impacted on your life as a person, but also as a comedian? Well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, as a comedian, it's very hard because comedy doing shows sort of helps keep me a little sane. It's kind of my my best therapy and. This is the longest I've gone in 42 years without doing a show. I mean, I've never had this experience in my entire adult life um, of, of not being able to perform. I mean, I'm uh, interestingly, I'm, I'm still, you know, the creative bug doesn't disappear. So um, so I'm writing tons of jokes and, and posting a lot of things on Social media, you know, I, I wrote a joke yesterday. I said, uh, I said I couldn't afford a Siamese cat, so I just sewed two regular cats together. Oh, uh, but, <laughs> oh dear, dear. You know, cat lovers, I apologize. <laughs> we're harmed in the making of this joke. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's very odd to not have the audience. And, you know, the whole thing about stand-up is, it's that instant response, you you know, the pass-fail nature of it that, that keeps you honest. So uh, I, I miss it horribly. Now, as a person, it's not so bad because I'm here with my daughter, who is tolerable. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> we had a good time. You know, we're, we're like a comedy team. So our day is just <laughs> all day, all day. We're making jokes and having fun and uh, I'm a lucky guy in terms of being a fabulous cook, you know. It's always been a thing I like. So, uh, well, I think about those people in isolation who are forced to eat their terrible cooking for the first time. Never a thing they did, you know. I mean, I have the advantage of actually having a, a well-stocked kitchen and, you know, skills and good taste. So it makes a difference. Um, and in terms of, you know, the anxiety that people are feeling, it doesn't exactly apply to me because I've never had security or a future plan, you know, mm-hmm. and the people who sort of thought that, you know, life goes a certain way. And if you plan carefully, it's going to work out uh, are probably in a bit of a panic right now going, oh, my goodness, I didn't I didn't think this could happen. You know, they thought they were sort of in control and they're realizing, oh, I'm not. The stock market mm-hmm. can crash, my job can go away, and suddenly I have no idea what the future is. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a person like me, I never knew what the future would be and never had any faith. I just did what I wanted to do and, you know, got lucky and so far so good. So 
that faith sustains me. Are you doing any writing? Because I know you are also a very talented writer and you have a fa- you're from a family of writers. Are you doing any writing in addition to the jokes? I, well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm working, you know, my, my process tends to be that I work things out in my head. I mean, you mentioned that I do um, the debaters, for instance. Mm-hmm. So when I get assigned a topic on the debaters, I usually work it out over a week or two uh, in my head. The actual typing part takes about five minutes, if that. Hmm. It's essentially ready to go by the time fingers touch keyboard. So I'm writing, I'm actually writing a lot of stuff, uh, you know, in my, in my brain. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's useful. Like I said, the creative impulse doesn't go away. And in fact, it's almost like there's a, a soda bottle being shaken up and the, the lid isn't coming off. So there's lots of bubbling. What are some of the best coping mechanisms that you have found, Simon, to get through these unprecedented times? I mean, again, we're really lucky. You know, I think about the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, which I obviously have only read about. But, you know, you think about it. They didn't have television. They didn't have Internet. I mean, if a piano, if a family was lucky, they had a piano (laughs) in the house to amuse themselves. You know, it would have been a family sitting around staring at each other all day. Mom, I read the book. I mean, we are incredibly lucky, right? I've been to TV shows that I've heard about that I never got around to watching. Like like which TV shows? I was actually going to ask you, do you have any great TV shows to recommend? Let's start with that. Well, there's lots of good stuff. I mean, I don't know. I I like movies, too. First of all, first I got to recommend, if if anybody has not yet watched Paddington 2 on Netflix, Hmm. they're missing out. Mm. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. And I know people go Paddington to the bear, (laughs) the bear. Trust me. (laughs) Really? Um, All right. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. Fantastic. And I think Hugh Grant's best performance ever. Wow. It's just so sweet and so good and, you know, suitable for everybody of any age. And uh, I mean, there's so much stuff available. Zoe and I have been watching, uh, that's my daughter, have been watching all kinds of shows. Simon, are there any fabulous old movies and comedy movies specifically that you really recommend? Well, I find in times like this, what you really want, in fact, what I really want is escapism. So, um, you know, I, I clicked on Zoolander again the other night because it's so silly and so stupid that... You know, you, you don't even think while you're watching it. And that's that's what I like, you know. Uh, oh, and Zoe and I binged the entire Third Rock from the Sun. And uh, that's a very silly and fun show. And, you know, th- that's the kind of stuff. So I go back and forth, you know. I can only watch the news for about 10 minutes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I want to know what's happening. And I want to know, I want to keep on top of things. There's no real news. I mean, I mean, I'm sure when they when they come up with a cure or a treatment that's effective, it'll be everywhere immediately. Of course. <laughs> At this point, you know, all we can do is 
try to help the spread. Absolutely. With social distancing and staying home, really, it's really about staying home, which is really hard for people to just stay home for this length of time. When have you ever done this before? This is like a whole new construct. And I think initially people have have had a hard time just processing it because it's just so unusual for us as not, not just as a community, society, but as a world to stop and that's, we're on a huge pause. We've had to press the pause button. And that sort of um, goes against what our impulses are, which is to go and to move and to do. Well, certainly in the West, I mean, the Eastern philosophy is uh, a little more moment to moment, live, breathe, you know. But in the West, we are, you know, we are given the shark category of uh, if it stops moving, it dies. Maybe, maybe this will open eyes of people that uh, some of the goals that they've been chasing are perhaps not as, uh, A, necessary or B, even worth chasing as they may have thought in mm-hmm. the past. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's, that's very true. I mean, you know, I have no money, but think about people who, you know, their life has been about pursuing money and suddenly their, you know, their investments are worth, you know, half of what they were and they can't make money because their work is not happening and you know they're forced to just sort of go inside themselves and maybe look a little bit at you know what is me inside have you been doing that well i've always done that that's that's not new to me i'm an introspective person i mean this is my life is to think about things and think about thinking and (laughs) think about what's real and what's got value intrinsically and what is just Uh, you know, what we're told makes sense and has value. I mean, you know, comedy is by its nature cynical. So I I always questioned everything, as you know. Um, You know, I've never lived a a conventional way. True, true. Simon, how can comedy help people cope with the fear and the uncertainty and the anxiety that we're all experiencing? That's comedy's job, to help people cope (laughs) with fear and anxiety and uncertainty we're experiencing. I mean, Life is a crapshoot. People think they have control. And when things like this happen, they realize, oh, my God, I'm at the mercy of an unfeeling universe. This is something that comedians understand automatically without a crisis, that we are victims of an unfeeling universe. And the only thing you can do is joke. It's like I always say, life is falling out of a tall building. Everybody hits the ground eventually. It's your choice if you want to fall screaming or going so far, so good. (laughs) Or gliding in the air, right? Flying, flying and soaring. What did you do, Simon, when you first realized that the whole world was shutting down, as it were? Well, I mean, uh, the first thing I did was was stock my groceries. I, I only go out once a week to shop. I'm very careful. You know, again, because I'm an experienced cook and housekeeper, I know what I need and I make sure to have the things I'm going to need on hand. Um, it is interesting that there's no flour available half the time. You know, I'm a guy who make, who's made his own bread for years. Apparently, a lot of people are suddenly going, I got to figure out how to make bread. Because um, it's very hard to get flour some, some weeks. But, you know, again, I have some on hand, so I'm okay. And... Um, but in terms of you know major changes, I was never a person who relied much on you know the outside world for my stuff. I mean, obviously, I have to buy my my ingredients, but it's not like I was a big person for 
ordering out or eating out or or whatever. Most of the money, most of my outings are going to shows I'm doing or or shows of friends and drinking in bars. I mean, that's what I spend money on is, is drinking in bars when I'm out socializing with people. Simon, are you are you going on Zoom with friends and fellow comedians and people from, from your world? The only Zoom I do uh, actually has been uh, Friday night. We light the Shabbat candles as a family mm-hmm. and we did a Seder on Zoom as well. How was that? Uh <laughs> To be honest, it just sort of emphasized to me the isolation. I yes. I know it was supposed to be nice, and people said, "Oh, it's so nice," but I kept thinking this is such a reminder of where we're at. And yes, and Passover is actually my favorite, you know, of all the Jewish holidays. I'm not a religious person, but I do like that tradition. Uh, tell the joke. Tell the joke. I'm not a religious person. I'm an agnostic. That means. Finish no, it. Which, <laughs> it's my joke. I'll do it properly. <laughs> I say I'm an agnostic, which means I don't believe in God, but I do blame him for all my problems. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. It's, <laughs> and the crowd that. went wild, and the crowd went wild, which they, they typically do with that joke. It's very strange to not hear people laughing uh, at things I say, you know? I, I sit here just thinking to my I mean I guess that's what it's like being a, a radio disc jockey they make jokes and imagine people laughing in their cars <laughs> <laughs> exactly Simon you have a comedy album can you tell us about it and how people can access it yes uh, well you access it by buying it on uh, wherever you buy your music or or audio stuff so you know iTunes or Google Play or uh, CD Baby is another site that has it it's called Surrounded by Idiots <laughs> um and it's a full hour of my act, uh, and it runs just straight through. Even though there are cuts, it runs as one long monologue. So you don't have to, you know, it doesn't it doesn't break up as it goes along. Right. Um, and uh, and I think it's good. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, you know, there's nothing that can quite replicate the live experience, but but this is this is a fairly good sampling of my act up to that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. What is bliss for Simon Rakoff right now? Right now? Mm-hmm. Just knowing that my daughter is happy and safe and here with me and we have enough to eat and a warm, cozy co- condo to live in. And, you know, there's not much else that matters in this world to me and never has, frankly. Um, you know, so I miss my friends. I miss my shows. I miss all that. But, you know, Thanks to social media, I mean, although I don't Zoom with people, I, I chat all day on on messenger services and the phone with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all in the same boat and we're all we're all missing each other, which is kind of nice. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to share with our listeners a little teaser from your album, Simon. And so just can you set set it up for us what we're going to be seeing, basically what your album is all about? Sure. Well, this is just a little taste because I want people to go out and uh, or download the whole album. But um, yeah, this is just a little bit of my material. Uh, I recorded it at uh, at the Dominion Pub live with uh, with an audience. And uh, and this is you hearing it exactly as they heard it. There was almost no editing at all involved. Love that. Let's have a listen. I know I'm getting old because I'm baffled by the technology. I had a weird realization the other day. I have a Roomba. 
It's a little robot that vacuums my floor automatically. My calls are picked up by the call answer. My shows are taped on PVR for me. My emails and bills are paid automatically. They're just responded to. And I suddenly realized, my life doesn't need me. I could die and my life would go on exactly the same way it is now. Everybody expects everything instantaneously. In the old world, people waited because things took time. In the ancient world, you wanted to send a message to Japan, you'd have to like write it on parchment, roll it up, put it on a ship. It took six weeks to get to Japan. It took six more weeks to get your answer back. And people waited because that's how long it takes and we're patient. Today, you send an email to Japan, you hit send, it's gone. Unless you see that little circle spin. <laughs> then we lose our minds immediately. Come on, I have a life. Let's go. That was hilarious, Simon. I love that. That was so great. Thank you so much for sending us that clip. What are the best ways for people to contact you, Simon Rakoff? Uh, through my site, simonrakoff.com. Uh, S-I-M-O-N-R-A-K-O-F-F, as in Fred Flintstone. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it's been a total pleasure, and we'd love to have you back again sometime, hopefully when this is all over and we've gotten back to some sense of normalcy. Thank you so much, Simon. We are going to take a short commercial break when we come back more with our featured artist of the week, Canadian jazz and Latin flautist, Bill McBurney. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. Joining us today as our featured artist of the week is the incredibly talented Canadian jazz flautist Bill McBurney. And today you are in for a real treat. Bill McBurney is a jazz and Latin flute specialist based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He studied with renowned American flautist Samuel Barron, distinguished Canadian flautist and composer Robert Aitken, as well as Cuban charanga legend Richard Eguez. Bill's extraordinary level of skill as a flautist led to a personal solicitation from no less than Sir James Galway to serve as his resident jazz flute specialist at Sir James. James' official website. 
Although Bill is known for his outstanding technique, he is also recognized as an exceptional improviser, notably in the bebop, swing, and Latin idioms, as demonstrated by his numerous recordings as a sideman with the likes of Junior Mance, Iracere, Mimo Acevedo, and Emily Claire Barlow. Needless to say, Bill has performed and recorded extensively with Toronto's finest musicians, including being a charter member of Bernie Sinensky's Mo Kaufman Tribute Band. If you're a musician or a music lover, this is a great time to check out Bill McBurney's book, The Technique and Theory of Improvisation, a practical guide for flautists, doublers, and other instrumentalists available on Amazon. And Bill McBurney's music is available at bandcamp.com and iTunes. And be sure to follow Bill McBurney on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook at Extreme Flute. That's E-X-T-R-E-M-E-F-L-U-T-E. And visit his website at www.extremeflute.com. Today, he's playing a very catchy Fats Domino hit called I'm Walking. And it's from his album, Mercy. And this is with Bill McBurney on flute, Robbie Botosh on piano, wow, Pat Collins on bass, and John Summer on the drums. Let's have a listen. Bill, that was so catchy and uplifting and so feel good. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I just love that piece. 
Just gorgeous. I want to thank all of my guests for being here today. Mary Morissuti, Jeffrey Eisen, Simon Rakoff, and the wonderful playing of Bill McBurney. Check him out uh, on iTunes and everywhere. His music is just gorgeous. And you have to see him perform in person, which I've done, and it's absolutely wonderful. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. We're actually going to close out the show today with a lovely excerpt from The Path Made Clear, Discovering Your Life's Direction and Purpose by Oprah Winfrey. And this piece that I'm about to read to you is actually from Goldie Hawn. At 11 years old, I made a very definitive decision. And my decision was that I wanted to be happy. Above and beyond anything I ever did in my life, I wanted to be happy. But I remember these grown-ups coming up to me and saying, do you want to be a movie star when you grow up? Do you want to be a dancer? Do you want to be a professional dancer when you grow up? What do you want to be? And I would say, happy. And they would look at me really weird. No, we said, what do you want to be? And I said, I want to be happy. That's really all I wanted. Talk about an intention. That's a better intention than a white picket fence. Just love that quote from Goldie Hawn, and we love her on our show, Finding Your Bliss. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, we want to say thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another great show. And for all of us here at Zoomer, we're wishing that you all take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.